This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. After all my suggestions, recommendations, this thing is still this <laughs> almost on the floor. I, <laughs> I just brought my wife again. She's my prop for the weekend. And isn't she just a beautiful prop? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And on behalf of the two of us, we just want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for this opportunity to be with you. We love you guys so much. And it's such an honor for us to be here. And we just want to say, Dad and Mom, we love you so much. We love the management team, Dr. Johnny, and, and, and all the others. It's just, it's just amazing to be here and to be part of what God is doing in South Africa and in the world. Praise the Lord. So thank you so much. Bless you. <laughs> Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this, for this awesome time in your presence. We thank you that you are here and just revealing yourself to us so that you can also be revealed through us as we take on this week, as we go into the marketplace, as we go into school, wherever we go to, that you will be revealed through us. And Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and powerful and is about to change lives in this moment. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will think through my mind and speak through my mouth that your people will be encouraged, built up, and set free in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, and the family say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, family. Thank you so much. I just want to start off with a little story that is found in, in 1 Samuel 14, and it's about the, the best friend of the king-to-be, King David, and his name was Jonathan, and, and we see that Jonathan and his armor bearer goes alone and, and takes out a, a company of the Philistines, of the enemy, and it's just this, this, this amazing story, as I, start, as I said this morning, I, I just love reading the stories, in 1 Samuel 14, 6 and 7 we read, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, it might be that the Lord will work for us, but nothing, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And this, this armor bearer, who's not a soldier, he responds, he, he says, do all that is in your heart, go then, here I am with you according to your heart. And so, so they go with him, he goes with them, uh, with, with Jonathan, the two of them go, <clears throat> and, and they go through this whole strategy with the, with the enemy, and the enemy called them up on a hill, and they go hands and knees up the hill, and as they get up the hill, the Lord strikes the enemy, and it's just an amazing victory. This, the, the, the news of what Jonathan and his armor bearer did in the moment, somebody say in the moment, in the moment, in that present moment, went through the whole of the, the known world at that moment in time. And there was, at that stage, Israelites that were so afraid of this war that was happening with the Philistines that they exchanged the, their uniforms of the Israel army for the Philistine army. They walked over. They, they, 
They missed their identity. They didn't know who they were. And so they just put on some Philistine uniforms and, and, and went with the Philistine team. It's like, you know, taking off your Springbok jersey and putting on a all black one. It's just, it's just wrong. It's just so wrong, you know. <laughs> you want to be on the winning side. And even, even there were Israelites that were so in the grip of fear that they hid in caves, caves of despair. They came out of the caves and joined the army again. And it was, it was just an amazing thing that Jonathan and his armor bearer did just in the spur of the moment. There's another, another guy in the Old Testament. His name is Joseph. I spoke about him uh, a few times in the past, past couple of weeks. Joseph went through some terrible times. You remember he was thrown in a pit. He was sold to a band of Ishmaelites. He was thrown into prison after being set up uh, and not wanting to play mommy and daddy with, with Potiphar's wife and, and, and all these kinds of things. And, and, you know, as we get into the story, we see that, yes, he's a, a hero of faith. He's, he's, he's a wonderful man with a relationship with God, but he's, he's, he's a mere mortal. He's just a human being like you and me. And so I, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, the things that he had to go through, the emotions that went through when he was thrown into that pit, the emotions that he was, was going through when he was sold to a band of Ishmaelites, going to a strange land where he knew nobody. And so getting into the situation with Potiphar's wife and, and thrown into prison, can, can, you, can, you, can you imagine the, 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 the fear and the anxiety and the worry just going to the next meal? It's a dangerous thing in prison. Can you imagine what you will go through in that same situation? And so during the course of our lives, worries and fears creep into our thoughts, triggered by what we see and by what we hear. Just think of Joseph. Joseph was this amazing guy, but there must have been moments where he saw a pit and thought about that day. That must have been a moment when he saw somebody with a multicolored coat and thought of his dad that was left behind. It must have been as he walked past the, the king's prison that he remembered those days and, and felt something that happened. You see, regrets and sorrow can be triggered by almost anything. Smell, sounds, a song, a memory, a place, what we see and what we hear. And, and the danger is that sorrow and regret does not only hijack my emotions, it takes me into distress and to, into despair and sometimes into depression. And so, you're very quiet tonight. Just, just preach with me, okay? Just pick up what I'm putting down. <laughs> and, and so we, we're talking about the renewal of the mind in, in, in a sense, uh, a, a taking up of the authority that God has given us and taking thoughts captive and bring it under the, the obedience of Christ. But we go through these times that we are reminded of things that happened in the past. We go through, through times that, that we are afraid of what is about to happen in the future. And, and it's in these times of emotional instability that, that people 
out of love comes and says, you know, the Bible says, do not fear. And I'm like, it's all good, but how? Just, just give me a, like a how. Or, or, or don't be anxious about anything. Or just snap out of it. Get up, get over it, and get on with it. Okay, but how? How do I flip this switch from getting down, getting up, and getting over, and getting on with it? How, how, how do I do that? And, and so Joseph knew something about this switch. This button that he had. When those fears and, and sorrows and sadness came upon him, there was something that he, that he switched on. That he, he flipped the switch and, and something changed. Something changed and it kept him in the present. It, it, these emotions had no power to, to distract him or blur his focus. He was, he, he was focused. It could not undermine his productivity. You know, everywhere he went, everything he touched turned into gold. He had a secret. I, I really believe that Joseph had a switch that he could flip. When any time when he sensed fear or worry, regret or sorrow creep into his mind, and this switch is powerful because we have that switch. And we need to learn how to switch it on, how to flip that switch to get out of what makes us fear, what makes us uh, anxious, what gives us sorrow and regret. Uh, uh, those, those feelings, those emotions, when they come up, I have to flip a switch to get out of it. And Joseph didn't show us the switch. Jonathan didn't show us how to stay in the moment, how to be in the present, but Jesus did. I want you to just think for a moment, just for a moment, the things that you are worrying about right now, even in the past 24 hours, what are the things that you are worried about? And then, what is, what sorrow or regret seems to take the winds out of your sails emotionally? What are those things? Things you are worrying about? Things you are regretting? I ask you these two things separately because every worry and fear you are thinking about is something in the future. Every worry and fear you have is about something in the future. Somebody help me say, just, yeah, we agree. It, it, it doesn't matter if, if your future is, is 10 minutes from now, or one week, or one month, or, or, or a year. Worries and fears that create your anxiety are all in the future. The sorrows and regrets that you are thinking about are all in the past. They're all in the past. And, and, and whether a few seconds or months or years, sorrow and regret are something that happened in the past. And if you don't use the switch that Jesus gave you, your mind and your emotions are hijacked. And you're like a car going over a cliff, quickly plunging into sadness and sometimes despair. You have to find the switch. Somebody say the switch. Or the reset button, for that matter. It, it, it is simple. The switch that empowers us to instantly leave the past or the future 
on which our mind is dwelling is to come into the present, to live in the moment. I had you say living in the moment. I had you say doing the moment thing with Jonathan. He was in the moment that it happened, that he had an opportunity, a window of opportunity to take out the garrison of Philistines in the moment. It wasn't there the day before, and it wasn't going to be the, the, the day after. It was there right now, and he had to take it in the moment. It's spiritually very important to understand that the present is also where the presence of God is. This is something that, that might challenge you a little bit, but God doesn't live in the past. He does not reside in the future. He lives in the eternal now. He's right here, right now. Amen. That's where the presence is. That's why it's called the presence, because it's in the present. And, and this is what helped Joseph to live every day and to go on with his life after all that have happened to him, living in the moment with God, living in the moment with the people around him. We need to learn to instantly shift our attention, our focus from the past and from the future into the moment that I am right now. This, this helped me so much. I, I've studied this a while ago, and, and, and I found myself just dwelling in the past, things that happened in the past. If, if, if the referee just saw that Sial was coming around with his arm, and he wasn't going in with the shoulder, it could have been so... What are you doing? We've won. We've won. It, it's over. It's in the past. <laughs> and, and so, you see, this, this practice has been recommended by psychologists for ages already. Living in the moment. That, that's, they, they, they try to help people not to dwell in the, in the future and not to dwell in the past, but to, to stay in the moment. But to stay in the moment... You need power. It's like flipping the switch during load shedding. It's useless. <laughs> Nothing happens. But when the power comes on and you flip the switch, it changes everything. And our source of power is the Holy Spirit. We have the source of power to live in the present, in His presence. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so good. I love that song that we sang. He is so good. My, my worship team worked in a, a, another verse. God is good, always good, and only good. I can't be kissing. Not too much, though. But the, at Harvard University, they did research and found that people spend more than 50% of their time of day, either in the past or in the, in the future. 50% you are wasting by dwelling on the past or in the future. Jesus lived in the present. He gave us the perfect example of how to do it. But let me give you some realities. God lives in the present moment, not in the past, not in the future. Intimacy, that which we spoke about this morning, happens and takes place in the present, not in the past, not in the future. It might still happen in the future, but it's now 
That's important. Miracles do not happen in the past or in the future, but only in the present moment. There's a miracle that is about to happen in your life. Some of you are going to be set free. I know, I, I had this while, while we were worshiping, I, I just sensed the Holy Spirit that this week is going to be a good week for you. Not in terms of the material. You're going to have a good week in terms of intimacy, in terms of being aware of the presence of God. It's going to be awesome. And out of that, you're going to have some great breakthroughs. Miracles happen in the, in the present moment. Love is not expressed in the past or in the future. It's expressed in the present. That's where love is. The past can be as near as a second ago in the future, as near as minutes or, 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 or this weekend or next month. If you're talking to somebody at work maybe, and you're having a conversation and all of a sudden you start thinking about lunch, you have left the present moment to dwell in the future. That's salami sandwich with, with, the, with, the, with the mustard. Is it English mustard? I'm finished with mustard. <laughs> so, you, you're on your way to the office or, or to class or to where you, wherever you go in the week in the, in the, in the morning and, and, and your thoughts are like, I just can't believe what my wife said this morning. You are missing out on an opportunity to be in the moment with somebody that needs a smile. The receptionist maybe just needed a smile from you in that moment. And you dwelling on something that your wife said from your perspective as well. Oh, I made that mistake a few times. <laughs> but just a few. So. <laughs> Hey, I didn't even tell my joke, but let's, let's just go on with the word. <laughs> we miss out on God moments when we don't live in the moment. God has a moment, every moment for you. And, and if you are busy thinking about something that is about to happen or something that has happened, you are missing out on what God has for you. You are missing out on your Jonathan moment. Maybe just a smile could cause somebody to take off their enemy uniform and put on their God uniform again. Somebody come out of a cave of despair because you showed them friendliness and they felt the love of God just flow over them. It, it is that moment that you need. And, and God reveals himself to Moses. He said to Moses, I am who I am. I am the eternal one. I am in the present. Jesus says something important. Luke 9, verse 61 and 62. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Just as a farmer cannot plow straight while he's looking back, no one whose heart is looking to the past can experience God's presence in the moment. This is important to understand. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about good things that you reminisce about, that you, that you happy thoughts. That, those are good things, but you have to have the discipline. Let not your hearts be troubled. Think about the good things. Discipline to think about the good things. Also in the future, when you, when, you, when you set vision or plan for the future. But if you don't live in the present, 
your future will stay that thing that brings up fear and worry and anxiety. Sometimes I'm thinking, wow, these people are rude. They're all looking past me. And then I remember, ah, oh, scriptures on the screens on the side. <laughs> and our church is right here, you know, so it looks like they're looking to me, but if that is even possible. <laughs> but Jesus goes on and he says in Matthew 31 and 34, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Just as He told us not to look back to the past, here, he says not to focus on the future. Then also, as believers, as those who walk by faith and not by sight, listen to when faith is. Hebrews 11 verse 1. When is faith? It's not up there. Now. Now faith is. It's not yesterday. It's not tomorrow. Now faith is. Tomorrow I'm going to believe God for healing. No, no, no. Now faith is. Now, in the moment, in His presence, now faith is. I don't want to go into much detail, but, but it's not wrong to plan for the future. Obviously, I'm not talking about this, the bigger picture things. Uh, um, but we have to focus on the good in the future as well as in the past. And we're going to go through something practical just now. There are times when this is necessary, but when it's for a specific purpose that I let my thoughts go to the future or to the past. I, I want to use this story of Jesus meeting this woman at the well to just illustrate how to push the reset button, how to flip the switch and get out of the past and out of the future into the now. The disciples went into town to buy some food and so Jesus went to the, what they called the Jacob's well and he went to maybe rest there. And so while he's there, this woman comes to, to get some water from the well, and Jesus speaks to her. He asks her for a drink. And so she's shocked, like, you're talking to me? Like, Jews don't speak to Samaritans. Uh, verse 9 says in John 4, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And the rest of the conversation and the events that follow is just a lot of miracles, the one after the other. By the end of the conversation, he has, he has revealed to her that he has revealed to no one else that he is the Messiah. And so she becomes a believer in that moment, and she got so excited that she left her pot right there and ran back into the city to go and testify. She wanted to tell everybody that the Messiah has come. He is here. And after she left, as she's leaving, the disciples come back with the, with the food, and, and they wanted him to eat. In 30, uh, verse 32, I'm just going to slow down. <laughs> But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months 
and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Did you hear the moment? When is it ready? Not in four, four months? Now. Now the, the, the harvest is ready. So meanwhile, back in town, the woman is telling everybody about what happened. They believed her. People were so touched. They were changed. They asked Jesus to stay for another two days. People got healed and delivered and set free. And it's just an amazing story. In verse 40, so when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. What would have happened if Jesus was not in the moment? Let's say, for instance, that he got to the well and he thought to himself, well, I'm so tired, I just want to rest. You know, that Peter and Andrew, always on their phones, <laughs> bickering and moaning about this TikTok video and, and why they didn't get a like on this post and that post. I'm just so... And the woman kind of come and got her water and left, unsaved as she was. And the city would not have been saved. They would not have the opportunity to hear the good news. Or, or maybe it could have been in the future. I hope they get McDonald's, but the Big Mac, with the chips and some ketchup, you know. That's what they call it, but it's tom tomato sauce. Don't let them fool you. It's tomato sauce. <laughs> and so, or maybe, maybe Jesus could have thought, you know, oh man, I'm so looking forward to tonight when we, when we pitch up camp and I'm just going to get away from everybody and just spend time with Father. Abba, oh, I can't wait to get into intimacy with you, to speak to you, just hear what you are doing, seeing what you are doing, hearing what you are saying. And in the meantime, the woman could have come and left without being saved. And a whole city don't have the opportunity to hear the word of the Lord. Fortunately, Jesus' mind was not in the past or in the future, but in the moment. When, when that woman arrived, he instantly drew her into his moment. And within minutes, she was born again. This is a challenging message, but it's, it's something that's going to help you in this week coming. Stay in the moment. Stay in the present, because in the present, you can make a change to the future that you won't do when you dwell on it in your, in your thoughts. And, and so the disciples had this habit of, of, like us, of living in the future. Maybe they were thinking, you know, when is this, what is the next uh, uh, big miracle going to be? Is he going to feed 10,000 maybe? Uh, uh, heal another blind man? Or, or what is the next big event? Maybe, maybe he's going to declare himself now king and, and take us out of the, the Roman rule. And sometimes they would argue about who was going to sit at his right hand and, and at his table in heaven. No matter what they were thinking, Jesus commanded them to open their eyes and see the fields they were standing in and harvest the fruit that was right in front of them. It was right there. Not to dwell on the past, not to dwell in the future. You see, all stress and anxiety, all worry and fear enter our minds when we think about the future. All sadness, sorrow, 
anger, regret, resentment enter our hearts when we are focused on the past. However, in God's presence, in the present, joy, peace, and miracles that accompany His presence dwells only in the present. The good news is we can shift our focus from the past, from the future, to the present. Just like that, we can flip that switch. And Jesus gave us three ways, maybe four, on how to flip the switch. Number one is lift your eyes. He says, where are you looking? Where is your focus? Is your focus on the past, on what happened, on how they, how they, 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 they did a, a few wrong things towards you, how people said, said bad things about you? Where is your, Shift your focus immediately. Lift up your eyes. Make it practical. I, I have this, this thing, you know, I just shake my head when I, when I go off. When, when the flags come up and I... I I realize that I'm busy thinking about things that happened in the past or start worrying about the future. I just shake my head and I speak to myself. I am a man of the moment. I am in the present, in the present, in the presence of God right now. Maybe you can blink your eyes, take a few deep breaths or whatever it takes to, to get your mental eyes into the present. Number two is look at the field. The second thing is, who's with you at the moment, in that moment? It, it might be your child, it might be your spouse, it might be some stranger, co-worker, employee, or any, anybody. If, if there's no one, maybe there's a name that comes to mind that you need to call. Whomever the Holy Spirit directs your attention to, view them as a field ready to harvest. Number three is, begin the harvest. Take action and begin harvesting. This does not mean that you start preaching the gospel right at that moment. It may mean a little smile. It may mean a little hug. It may mean a ear that listens. Just talk to me. You can talk to me. A few days ago, I got reminded of, of somebody that I met last year, a year ago. And I was thinking how they were doing. I got their number on my phone and just started speaking to them. And you know, it, it was such a joy for this person, just for somebody to listen. We were typing on WhatsApp. My thumbs were going like... And, 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 and he, he got the opportunity to just speak about this heavy burden that laid on him, that happened to him in ministry, Noho, by the way. And, and he could just speak to me. And I thank God that I was in the moment not busy thinking what I'm going to do tomorrow or, or what happened to me last week. Have I told you what happened? <laughs> we, we don't have to force any situation. This is where Holy Spirit comes in. He's, he's just amazing. This, this morning we read, He will remind you of everything that Jesus said. He, 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 will, he will let His gifts flow at the right moment. The, when, when the gift is, is the most necessary, His gift will flow. A smile at the right moment can change somebody's life. I'm telling you, don't, don't underestimate what a little smile can do. If you're shy, don't panic. Greet somebody and just start talking. How's this weather, eh? It's easy. Just start talking to people.
people want to, they want to engage and they are desperately crying out to be harvested. They're desperately crying out for Jesus. Number four, the last one, another switch of getting you out of the past into the present, out of the future, into the moment is prayer. When, when I become aware of these red flags, anxiety, worry, fear, or sadness, sorrow, anger, regret, resentment, I know that I am being drawn into a place which is not the present. And I go into the presence. I make a decision that my heart, I let not my heart be troubled. And I spend time with the Father. I even talk to Him about these things that are bothering me in my mind. About the past and about the future. I, what does He say? Cast your cares onto me because I care for you. He, he says cast. He says, so do it quickly in the moment. Don't, don't. Don't do it in, in, in parts, you know, maybe a little bit today, a little bit. Too. He says cost. He uses that word so that you can take everything right now and give it to him. And I go in prayer and the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The more you practice to flip the switch, look up, look at the fields, begin to harvest. Pray, 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 pray. Meditate on the word of God and pray the word. I just want to read this. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. That's 1 Peter 5, verse 6 to 8 in the New Living Translation. It's, it's, it's now. Stay alert. Now, in the moment, teach yourself, take the discipline, take every thought captive and bring it under the obedience of Christ and stay in the present. People are desperately crying out for Jesus out there. Let's just be Jesus to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise in this place. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence right here in this moment. And Father, I thank you for miracles that are in the present, miracles that are about to, to happen. There's, there's, there's someone here, and, and, and I've had this, this burden on my heart for, for, for a while, since this morning already, and I, I knew it was for tonight. There's somebody that, that's struggling with, with headache, but the headache is from something more serious inside your head, maybe in the brain. And maybe you are worried about the future and you're thinking about this thing. Where is it going to and where is it going to end? But let's stop it right now. The Word of God says, by His wounds you are healed. Not in the past, not in the future, now. You are healed. 
And I'm going to pray that over you. I'm just releasing the healing of God over you right now in the name of Jesus. And all you do is say, I receive, and by the wounds of Jesus, I am healed. You just receive that healing right now. I would love it if you would come, come afterwards and, and, and just, just share with me what happened to you. There's people sitting in this place, and this, this has been on, on my heart for a while. You're sitting in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a scallum thing. It keeps you in the past, and it tries to, to draw you into the future, but you're never in the present, because in the present is forgiveness. In the present is forgiveness. That's where you are delivered from everything that is trying to kill you, literally kill you. And get into the present tonight and, 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 and think of those things that happened to you, those people that did it to you. And just make a choice tonight that in the present, in the presence of God, I choose to forgive. As God in Christ has forgiven me, I choose now to forgive. I let it go. I let it go right now and I bless those people in the name of Jesus. It's not worth holding on to that thing. It's not worth holding on. Just let it go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for just releasing a freedom amongst your people that they haven't experienced before. And while we, we have our eyes closed and we're just thinking about what, what the Lord is doing right now in our own lives, I want to ask you, if you're not a child of God and you want to be, you have never invited Jesus into your life and you want to do that right now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. And also those who doesn't know if they are going to heaven. If you, if you think about it seriously and, 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 and you think about this thing that if you die you're not sure that you're going to be with Jesus. And, and you're saying tonight, Pastor, I, I want you to pray for me. I do not want to go to hell. I choose heaven. I want you to raise your hand. And I'm going to count to three. I'm just ask you to raise your hand quickly, and I'm going to pray with you. One, two, three. Anybody? Just lift your hand up high so that we can see them. Just show me if there's anyone. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, just pray with me. Uh, if you just raise your hand, just keep it raised up so that somebody's going to stand with you with their hand on your shoulder just to, just to show you that we love you so much. And pray this after me. I'm going to ask everybody to pray it after me just to support them, those who, who lifted their hands. Say this, Heavenly Father, thank you for this meeting. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your invitation to become your child. I confess that I have sinned and I do not deserve to go to heaven. But I thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. I invite you now, Jesus, to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise in this place. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.